What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's RSM Classic, and you're not going to want to fast forward through this intro. A couple of really big announcements and things that are uh, likely to be pretty helpful for you. So let's start. Number one, I- I'm doing it, okay? I-, I don't like to do promotions. I do not like to do discounts. I think in general, uh, getting into like the discount game where you're always offering coupon codes or you're always doing what I-, I don't like to do that. And I also don't like to alienate existing users by offering a bunch of stuff for new users. So you don't see me do promotions except for this one, uh, which you have to bet me for. So it's back. Uh, probably the last time I ever do this more on that in just a second. But if you want to get a subscription to rickrungood.com, I brought back, uh, the yearly promo where you sign up for a year and depending on whatever the winning score is at the RSM classic this week, that's how much you get refunded. So I think last year was 22% uh, because the winning score was 22 under par. I think we've done this three other years. The winning scores were 20, 20, and 22 under. So I feel like that's pretty good for you guys. I'm waiting for that really windy year when it's like, where, where's my 11 under winning score? But whatever the winning score is for the RSM Classic uh, is going to be uh, the amount that you get refunded. So the way that it works, if you're, if you're a new user, I've got the link in the description. Go down, click through, or you can go to rickrungood.com forward slash RSM. All the information is there for you. I also have this post um, on Substack where it it outlines everything. So new users, sign up. Um, You have to do it before 7 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday. There are no exceptions, right? I mean, someone will email me Friday afternoon when when the leader's at 16 under par and try to get into this promotion. There are no exceptions. So it's Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Um, if you're if you're an existing user, uh, the instructions are here for you. You can just go through, change it into your account. Um, you can you can assign it to yourself. So all this information is is here for you. Um, and hopefully for your sake, these guys go low in Sea Island this week. I will tell you, and I'll just be very transparent. And I've 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 kind of been alluding to this over the course of the past couple of weeks. This is probably the last time that I do this. You know, it, it is a logistical nightmare. Uh, Armina has to do like 40 or 50 hours of refunds. All the all the refunds are done manually. They're going to start on Tuesday of next week. Don't email me five minutes after the final putt drops and ask where your refund is. People do that. We, let's try to have a year where that doesn't happen. Um, Armina has to go through and do this all manually. So it's it's a huge process. It It's not... The way the website works, it like doesn't want to play nice with it. So this is really probably the last time we ever do this. Um, additionally, I'm likely to raise prices on RickRunGood.com on January 1st, uh, just to be completely transparent. You know, I have not raised prices in, in 35 months. I think it's still incredibly fairly priced, and it's going to continue to be, but I I want to continue to invest in the, in the product, as you guys have been seeing that I've been doing. Uh, the thing has always been, Whatever price you sign up with, that's the price you get forever, okay? So assuming you don't cancel, your your membership has to be active the whole time. But there are still people who pay $8 a month because they've been with me from day one. I, I always grandfather everyone into whatever price they sign up with as long as their membership stays active. I've always done that. I'll continue to do that. So that means if you sign up now, you're not only going to get this promotion where you're probably going to get like 20% back or whatever the winning score is. But on January 1st, 
your membership is going to get more valuable because I'm likely to raise prices for the first time in three years. So um, that's just full transparency of, of, of what's of what's happening there. Uh, I think there's probably never been a better time to sign up for a membership. There's going to be a lot of great upgrades in, in 2023, and you're probably going to get the best price you've ever gotten in your entire life and will ever be available. Okay, so that's part one. Again, links in the description, rickrungood.com slash RSM. All the information is there for you new users, existing users, all good. The second item, I'm going to be at the RSM Classic this week, okay? So I'm flying out uh, on Tuesday, and it's a lot of travel. I've got some stuff planned, but um, I'll be there Thursday and Friday. So if you're going to be around and you want to say hello, uh, text me or, or tweet at me or whatever. I'll just tweet where I'm at, and you guys can come, come say hello. It's always nice to meet people out on the golf course. Uh, I will pick up a a merch box, right? When I get there for merch, I'll just go nuts and I'll just get hats and uh, I probably won't get shirts because I won't know your sizes, but like I'll just get a bunch of really cool stuff in a merch box when I get there and I'll give it away. Uh, the way that we'll do that is via Instagram. Let's who knows what Twitter's up to. Let's try to get some people over on Instagram. So I uh, will we'll put a screenshot of the post here. So if you go to Instagram.com slash Rick uh, there is an RSM post up there, uh, which we'll put up on the screen right now. It's my most recent post. If you follow me and like that post, I'll give it away to someone who does that. Okay. So, and I'll just get in touch with you and I'll mail you this merch box of, of everything that I pick up uh, when I'm down there this week. Additionally, uh, because I am traveling, the, the, the schedule for this week is a little bit off. So like Andy and I are going to record a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, the, the Wednesday live chat is not, it cannot be Wednesday at 3 PM Eastern time. I I'm not going to be available for that. So it's going to actually be Tuesday night at 8 PM Eastern time. I will do it. Uh, I'll do it from the hotel, right? We'll just do it. We'll do it from the golf course. We'll do it from the hotel. And, uh, if you want to ensure that your questions get answered, what I would recommend is go over there now, links in the description, or you can go to youtube.com slash rickrungood, and you can see upcoming live streams. Just drop your question now, right? And I'll, I'll get to it when we get there on Tuesday night. So hopefully it's not too much of a trouble, but people can be able to replay it after that. Obviously going to the event um, kind of creates situations where I've got to do this when I'm flying across the country. So there you go. Uh, I think that is all of the updates that I have. I will continue to have um, season-long fantasy league updates. We have filled a lot of leagues so far. We're going to continue to do that. I'll have those later in the week. It's it's going to be a great time. I believe I am now done with the announcements, and we can move on to the course key stats. Sea Island Resort. Uh, remember, this is two golf courses, uh, the seaside course, that's your host course and the plantation course. And what will happen and get used to this, cause we're going to have this a lot come January where we're going to have this course rotation. So for the first two rounds, every golfer in the field is going to play the seaside once and the plantation course once, then they will make the cut and everyone will go back to the seaside course for the final two rounds. So that means the seaside course, the host course, is getting used three out of the four rounds being played. Uh, it does have shot link. The plantation course does not. So when you see the model that I'm showing you on rickrungood.com right now, this is the seaside model. Uh, not only is it 75% of the rounds that are going to be played, but it's the course that we can attribute the strokes gain metrics to. So 
you'll hear me basically talk a lot more about the seaside course than than the plantation course. So that's that's kind of the caveat for all of this. Um, the defining features uh, of the seaside course it's it's very very short, right? Seven thousand yards, par seventy, larger than average greens. You're going to see a lot of fairways being hit, and it's likely because a lot of guys are uh, clubbing down. You do not need to hit driver here. I think there's only one par four over like 460 yards. I mean, it's just, it's just uh, get into position, hit a wedge, uh, and then turn this thing into a little bit of a putting contest. That's what we've seen over the years. As you can imagine, because it is seaside, literally the name of of, of this golf course uh, and the plantation course as well, wind could be a factor, right? Wind could come off the coast there. It could play a hand. We're going to keep a close eye on weather. Tuesday live chat. I'll probably tweet something out on Wednesday as well. We can look at it Wednesday night. I'll be there Wednesday night. I'll step outside and say, oh, yeah, pretty windy out or whatever. Okay, like we'll... We'll figure it out, but keep. we're going to definitely keep an eye on weather this week. There might be a chance to wave stack, which you can do in the custom model automatically now. So um, let's just, we're going to hold off on weather questions for later in the week. I think there'll be a lot of discussion around whether or not or how driving accuracy is important, right? So in my model, this is a regression model that I run, um, you know, 12 years worth of data for every course, for every player for that year. And start to build out models of, of of golfers that should have success. Driving accuracy is critically important. Um, it ranks third, which means there's only two other courses on the PGA Tour schedule in which driving accuracy is more important. But what does that actually mean? Because when you look at these golf courses, specifically the seaside course, they are they are wide fairways. So you you are getting a lot of guys who hit these fairways. But if you miss them, and the more you miss them by, the more trouble you're going to get into. Uh, so if you're just off the fairway, not a huge problem. A little bit more off the fairway, you've got water in play. There's like water in play on like 10 of the holes on the seaside course and maybe even more of that on the plantation course. Let me see if I have it handy here. Seaside, water comes into play on 13 holes. Oh, 10 holes on the plantation course. You also have like some marshland. You can get angled out. So so being in the fairway, great. Close to the fairway, fine. Further than that, even worse. And I think that that's important uh, additionally, because not only is driving accuracy one of the most highly correlated stats to success at the seaside course, but look down here, some of the non-standard stats. Distance from edge of fairway uh, actually also ranks very, very highly at the seaside course. Distance from edge of fairway is a stat that says when you miss the fairway, how much did you miss it by? Did you miss it by a yard, two yards, or did you miss it by 30 yards? Um I like that stat on some of these tighter, shorter courses where playing from the short grass is more important because the bigger the miss, the worse off you are. So uh, that's a stat we're going to continue to look at. You'll also see these aren't, I don't love the buckets in general, and I don't love the buckets that are popping up, but you'll see we are getting a large kind of um, congregation of shots coming from similar areas, that 100 to 125, that 125 to 150, like those kind of areas you're seeing a lot of shots come from, which is normally not a huge deal for me. But when you do get a golf course where everyone's playing to similar spots, it does become more and more important, which I think it does get a little bit of a boost here at the seaside course. Now, so who does this help? Adjusted course fit, last 36 rounds, Tony Finau by, by far and away, um, the best player out here in terms of adjusted fit. This t this takes the stuff up top, the, the the correlation model, and it says, okay, how have these guys been playing 
then adjust their fit. Well, Tony Finau is probably won. He's won three times in those last 36 rounds. So basically any golf course that you put him on, he's going to grade out really, really well. He was number one grade last week. He won. He's by far and away the number one grade this week. We'll talk more about him in just a second. Number two, I think is really interesting. And I think it makes sense. Tom Hoagie. Um, Tom Hoagie is a great wedge player. Right, And when you are going to get the opportunity to hit wedge into almost all of these greens, Tom Hoagie's going to show up very well. Taylor Montgomery, number three. Uh, Andrew Putnam, four. What does Putnam do well? Plays out of the fairway, and the rest of his game is very stout. Not very long. Doesn't matter. Right, He gets knocked for being short off the tee, but that doesn't matter as much here. So he doesn't get a big knock, and he gets a big boost for playing out of the fairway. Ben Taylor up there as well. Keith Mitchell, believe it or not, you're going to hear me talk probably quite a bit about Keith Mitchell this week. Um, I think this golf course does lend itself well, and he's got a couple of good finishes here. We'll talk about him more. Steven Yeager, Taylor Moore, Brian Harmon, Ben Griffin round out the top 10 as far as uh, adjusted course fit goes based on the last 36 rounds. Guys that, if they continue to play like they have over the last, what's that, eight starts generally for most of these guys, um, they're likely to set up well for this golf course, whether they've played on it or not. Okay, let's go over to the cheat sheet. All right, three golfers over $10,000. Tony Finau, 11-2. Seamus Power, 10-5. Brian Harmon, 10-3. And I know what you're thinking. Brian Harmon, 10-3. We'll talk about it. So uh, here's where I'm at. Very, very small 10K range, right? Uh, Tony Finau, by far the best player in the field. Uh, If you go and you look at... Uh, basically, I mean, we'll just go to the power rankings here. This is the last 24 rounds for everybody in the field. Uh, Tony Finau is gaining nearly three strokes per round. That's, that's raw. That's not weighted 2.85. It's insane. Obviously it's got a couple of wins in there as well. The gap between him and golfer number two, Taylor Montgomery is 1.3 strokes per round. The gap that same gap is the gap between Montgomery and I think it's Harrison Endicott. Yeah, 64th, okay? So the same gap from 1 to 2 is the gap from 2 to 64 in this field. That is how much better Tony Finau has been than the rest of the field. We talked about it in Mayakoba. He missed, like, it was a miscut, like the best possible miscut. Goes out, wins the Houston Open. Now three wins in seven starts. The tee to green game is phenomenal. I, I, I've said it countless times. There's nobody who has a ceiling like Tony Finau. I tweeted it out earlier this week. I've tweeted it out in the past. There were only 11 golfers, 11 golfers uh, who since the start of last season have gained at least 17 strokes to the field. I'll just bring them up. I'll show you. Here they are. Tony Finau is four of the 11. No one else has done it more than once. Rory has the best week, RBC Canadian Open. It's a shame because Tony Finau gained 18 strokes that week. He ran into like one of the only situations in which he doesn't win the golf tournament, uh, finishes second there. So he has done it four times. No one else has done it. The ceiling is absolutely insane. Um, and he's gone back to back already. Like if you want to just fire Tony Finau into your lineups, uh, more power, like go for it. I, I, I'm not going to stop you. Uh, he, he grates out well on the adjusted, like, uh, on the adjusted course fit. Obviously he's playing great. I was high on him last week. I was high on him the week before, uh, missed cutting a win. I mean, he's just been, he's, he's been phenomenal. I think it's, I think the more interesting conversation is what we do if it's not Tony Finau, right? So you've got Seamus power who I would argue, you know, if Tony Finau wasn't in this field, um, Seamus Power might be the hottest guy in this field. He snapped that kind of really ugly stretch of golf with a win in Bermuda and then immediately backed it up with a T3. When when Seamus is 
playing well. He's playing out of the fairway. He's a great like um, total driver of the golf ball. That's distance and accuracy. So he's 43rd this season in total driving. Last year, he was probably rated pretty highly as well. Yeah, 52nd. So he is uh, hitting a lot of fairways. He's longer than most. He is one of the better uh, Bermuda grass putters in this field. It's one of his. It's one of his best surfaces. So I could see a path to him being. Um, a really interesting option, but I think it's going to, a lot of it's going to depend on what people do with Brian Harmon. I'll tell you what, Brian Harmon, I'll just kind of spoil it. Brian Harmon's probably going to be my one and done selection for this week. You know, he's 18 to one. It's, it's unlikely you get Brian Harmon as the second shortest odds, um, ever again. And when you look at what he's been up to, plus you combine it with the potential fit on paper and kind of the course history around Sea Island, like it it makes complete sense, right? Like I don't care that he's a Georgia guy, right? Like you're never I don't think you're gonna hear me this week be like, oh, Sea Island Mafia. Oh, Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Like I don't think I'm gonna have those conversations this week. And I don't think we have to. You know, it's eight straight cuts for Brian Harmon. Six of them are top 25s, including a runner-up in his last start at Mayakoba. When Brian Harmon's going well, what does he do? He lives out of the fairway, and while a lot of guys are going to be living out of the fairway, even when he misses, he doesn't miss by much. Remember that distance from edge of fairway stat? He's 14th in that last year. That was a much bigger sample size. When he missed, he missed on average by just 21 feet. Last or this year, he's 19th. He's actually missing by 20 feet, eight inches on average. It just, he doesn't miss often. And when he does, he keeps it in play. And then you, you start to get him into those, those, um, those wedge categories, which we've seen him get absolutely scorching hot with. And you look at what he's done at this event it's decent, right? What I would also note is a couple things, and I'll, I'll circle back on that in a second. He had the fourth year in 2017. He had the 14th in 2019. If we go back to the cheat sheet, you're not going to see a lot of really sticky course history, right? You see, um, a, it's remind, it reminds me a lot of Torrey Pines, quite honestly, where you get uh, third place, miscut, miscut, second place, miscut, T9. It's just you're living on the the knife's edge at times. And when you have a course rotation, uh, especially if you can get the wrong end or the right end of the draw, some of these guys get wiped. So just kind of look through those right-hand columns there in the history. A lot of weeks you get guys with green in all five or red in all five. This is all over the place. You know, Seamus Power, fourth, miscut, miscut, 74th. Uh, Brian Harmon, 61st, miscut, 14th, fourth, miscut. Uh, Tom Hoagie, fourth, miscut, miscut, 25th, miscut. I mean, it's just... There's not a lot of guys that can say their entire history is really strong here, um, which is which is worth noting because I, I think you're not going to find a lot of really solid course horses. And it makes sense when you start to think about the way this sets up. You might be susceptible to wind. You might be susceptible to the wrong end of the draw, all that fun stuff. So um, the, the, the 10K range as a whole, Tony Finau, by far the best player in the field, not even close. Um, Seamus Power and Brian Harmon, We'll find out Tuesday, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, live chat. We'll have a much better idea of ownership. Andy's going to write a Wednesday article that will be even more up-to-date ownership information. Like, the 10K range, I think, is the game theory range. Uh, don't mind Brian Harmon, probably going to play him in one and done, but if he comes in at like 26%, there's that, like I don't need to be a part of that. If he comes in at like 16 much more interested, right? And then Seamus Power, who I'm hoping is stuck in that sandwich pricing right? Where you get, maybe somebody goes up and gets Fina or they say, ah, I'll just save the 200 bucks and go to Brian Harmon. The guy in the middle is usually the guy left out. And that guy who might be left out has gone win and third in his last two starts. So 
a very small range in the 10 case. I cannot remember just off the top of my head the last time we only had three guys in this portion of the pricing. So I think we've got to be a bit strategic on this and, and wait a little longer to make any kind of definitive statements. The 9K range is so good. You know, if if we get to a point where all those 10K guys are like 21% owned or more, I might just live in the 9K range. This is pretty good. So Tom Hoagie coming off the missed cut, hard to blame him for that, right? First missed cut um, in a while after he's been piling up top 15 finishes and he missed the cut on the number in Mayakoba. And now he goes to a golf course where like he should thrive, right? He's a he's a great wedge player. Um, you know, he, he does not uh, usually play out of the rough too often. You can see 76th on tour last year in driving accuracy, 61st in distance from edge of fairway. In this field, he's probably top 20. Then you get him into the wedge categories and he's just kind of absolutely splendid. Um, Bermuda's not his best putting surface, but he's putted much better recently during this stretch of top 15s um, than we would probably expect. So Hoagie here at $9,900 off a missed cut is pretty interesting. Uh, Taylor Montgomery finally snapped his, you know, top 15 streak. I think it was 10 straight. He finished 57th. If you want to go back there, fine. The guys that stand out to me, um, well, there's kind of a lot of them. I'm, I'm bullish on Jay Day, Jason Day, just long-term. So, it, you know, the next 12 months, I'm excited about Jason Day. If you want to invest in him, it's going to be hard for me to be like, I think this is a better spot than not. So I, I'm just saying bullish on Jason Day until you've heard otherwise. Um, Keith Mitchell should be able to lean into his strengths here. He's a very, very good driver of the golf ball. We saw how important it is to be accurate in play. Uh, if you're long, that's fine. Because even if you're laying up off the tee, right? If he's hitting three iron to everybody else's three iron, he's closer. He's going to be hitting a, a shorter club in. We saw him finish 12th here last year, 14th two years ago. He hasn't missed a cut. So he's one of the few guys that has like a, uh, this is about as strong as it gets in terms of course history. Joel Damon, can I tell tell you uh, how impressed I've been with Joel Damon. So look at this stat profile. It is splendid. So here's what we've got. From T to green, he gained nine in Houston. Uh, at In Las Vegas, he gained 6.4. In Jackson, he gained nine. So that is his last 12 measured rounds. He's gained 24 strokes to the field, two strokes per round from T to green in his last 12. Yeah, I actually didn't even give him enough credit. It's 2.28, by far the best in the field over the last 12. Um, let's look at the last 100. Like, what does anyone in this field even sniff over a longer period of time? Okay, so Tony Finau is a 1.4 over his last 100. Um, we're at 2.2 for Joel Damon, okay? So obviously, he's not going to be able to keep it going for 100 rounds because he would be one of the most elite players in the world, but this is a really good sign. Just trying to put this into perspective for you that none of that even includes the T 16 at the Zozo championship or the T three in Mayakoba, because those are non-measured events. So this stat profile could, could be even better than what we're seeing. And it's already pretty darn good. Uh, so Joel Damon, now he gets to go to a place where he's got, Okay history. Finished 29th here last year, made a couple of cuts, three out of his last five. It's not like crazy stuff, but it's not horrible either. On a really good stretch of golf, doing it in a way that we really, really want to see it. Um, the only question is, can he find it on Bermuda? That's the only question. Um, it's not his worst surface. 
right? He's about he's a very small negative, very small loser on Bermuda. He's better on Bermuda than he is on Poa or Bent. So maybe we can. Maybe we can find it. I'm I'm excited about that. That's a really good stat profile to look at. The other two guys here, um, Denny McCarthy. This is like Denny McCarthy time of year, right? When when you get to say, okay, uh, this is a wedge fest where it turns into a putting contest, and also it's like the second or third shortest course on the PGA Tour, and you're Denny McCarthy who's constantly losing distance uh, off the tee, but he's gaining in fairways, and he's probably the best putter on planet Earth, and he's got good history around here, 10th and an 8th in two of his last three trips, and he's coming off of a 6th two starts ago. Like, yeah, I get it. It's it's Denny McCarthy season. The other one that you have to kind of consider here is Matthew Neesmith. This Neesmith profile is a bit reminiscent. I, I don't want to throw it into the Tony Finau category, but um, it could be a bit reminiscent of, of what we saw from Tony Finau last week. You know, Tony Finau was making his first, or excuse me, in Mayakoba, Tony Finau was making his first start uh, since the Tour Championship, I believe, in Mayakoba. It was a couple of weeks off. He knocks off the rust, doesn't play particularly well. Then he gets it going and goes out and and wins. Matthew Neesmith was the hottest player in the world with three straight top nine finishes, including a runner-up finish at the Shriners. Then he takes basically a month off, finishes T53 in Houston, didn't look particularly sharp, but it's not a stat profile that I would be overly concerned about. He lost two and a half off the tee. He gained on approach, small loser with the putter, small positive around the green. That's not the end of the world. Is that the rust that he's knocked off, right? And now he goes back to a golf course in which he's had great success, right? Talk about guys who play well. here. This, this might be the best course history of anyone because it's three straight top 30s, T29, T15, T14. So if you were willing and interested in playing Matthew Neesmith last week, which I was and I did, you got to give him one more chance. You got to give him an opportunity to say, I'm not gonna. I knocked off the rust last week. Now I'm ready to fire on all cylinders. Probably worth noting that Neesmith was pretty darn good for three rounds last week. So he gained 5.4 strokes in rounds uh, total in rounds one, two, and four. So that's a little less than two shots per round. It was Saturday's round three, which was horrible. It was here. He lost seven shots to the field. So 75% of his rounds last week were pretty good, uh, which means that. Over his last four starts, basically all but one, 15 of 16 rounds have been really good. And now he goes to a golf course in which he's had great success. Yeah, I think I think I can get back on board with that. The 8K range, and I'll start you with two guys I'm concerned about. Uh, they're Justin Rose and, and, and Sahith Tagala. So let, let's start with Rosie, who we have seen this before, where he pops up for a, a top 10 somewhere and you start to get a little excited and then you say, oh man, well, how did he do it? Well, how he did it is by gaining six strokes putting last week, which is the second best putting performance for him since the start of last season. Very unlikely for that to continue, right? And And if that doesn't continue and if that does regress back to... This just gaining a stroke over four rounds or two strokes over over around over four rounds with the putter that significantly narrows the path to the top of the board for Justin Rose. So that that's concern number one that we're going to get a little bit of putter regression and he's going to have to be bailed out with the ball striking that has that has not been great for him. Sahith, on the other hand, love the guy have just have discussed that hey he might be. One of these guys that I fire up and just bet every time he starts it. I think he's a candidate for that because you're going to get really good odds some weeks. And I think he's got hell, hell of an upside. 
The problem is when he misses off the tee, he misses huge, right? He's He's been ranked outside the top 150 in each of the last two years, this year and, and last year, in, in distance from edge of fairway. We know he does not hit a lot of fairways. We know that there's water in play on 10 holes on one course, 14 on the other. If you are if you go to a golf course that you're penalized for missing big, that's not good for Sahith. Most recent example, the CJ Cup, right? Remember Congaree, where it's, it's those natural, just like sandy areas, just whatever with the big miss lost five and a half strokes off the tee there. Right. And, and that's really the problem. So when we get to, there's going to be a lot of courses later in the year where Sahith is like, ah, bomb and gouge, let's go. And he's live. I'm not specifically sure that this is one of them. Um, probably not going to have much exposure to either might even muster the courage to short them in the jock market. This burned me last time. Uh, I have I have executed one big short in my life. It was uh, Seamus Power in Bermuda, and he went on to win the golf tournament. So that did not work out very well for me. But I might muster up the courage to fire a short on Sahith and Justin Rose. We'll see. Um, jock market is stock market DFS. You can buy, sell, short, trade, whatever. Golfers and athletes. There is the, the NFL markets are long. There's a second half market, which is crazy. So it's for the rest of the year. So it's not just one event, one week, one slate. Um, there's going to be a, a power hour Wednesday night, 8.15 uh, p.m. I'll be doing it from a hotel with Joe Idoni and myself. Um, you can use the code Rick. There's a link in the description. It is a really, really fun way to literally diversify your portfolio right? You don't need winners. You don't need to be perfect. You just need guys to outperform their expectations. So um, those two guys, I might, I might find the courage to short this week. Can we agree Mackenzie Hughes is criminally priced? Um, I've been following Hughes, tracking Hughes, and have been very excited about the results of his play over the course of the last couple of weeks. He hasn't played a lot this year, but when he's played, he's played well. Let's look at this again. He gained a ton of strokes putting last week, but that's not super uncharacteristic for Mackenzie Hughes, right? He gained 10 and a half in the short game. He's going to have to be a little bit better than that, right? But but that's not far away from his from his baseline, from his DNA. Top 25 at the Fortinet. Wins in Jackson. T23 at the Zozo. T16 last week. Now he is going to a golf course where his lack of distance does not matter. His putter does. And oh, by the way, he's won this event. And oh, by the way, he finished runner-up last year, right? Are, are we, what am I missing? Um, he was 8,600 last year when he finished runner-up. He is 8,600 this year, and he is three starts removed from a victory. What, what? Let's look at his lead in form from last year. So let's scroll down. His lead in form last year, it was, it was still pretty good. He went... Uh, T25 at CJ Cup, T4 at the Zozo, T29 in Houston, runner-up at the RSM Classic. You could argue fairly similar. A handful of top 25s, a really good finish. The T4 at the Zozo is probably worth the same as a win at, at Jackson. I'm making that up, but just go with me. And now we got a runner-up. Like, what am I missing? What am I missing here? He's criminally priced, right? If he was $9,800... Would anybody be all that surprised? He won three starts ago. He's won this event. Okay, so I'll I'll leave it there. But um, yeah, that that's that feels wrong to me. We'll see what his ownership is as we get closer in the week. But really, really like the situation for Mackenzie Hughes, obviously.
Uh, I do not mind going back to Brandon Todd. He's someone I've played a lot in the fall. It has been very good. He's had a couple of weeks where he's just absolutely popped on approach. He's always a great putter. He finished fourth here three years ago, made the cut two years ago, missed the cut last year, gains a ton of fairways, loses a ton of distance. This is this is a blueprint golf course for Brandon Todd. Um, no problem there. Let me, let me I'll, we'll go to the 7K range, but I'll pull up the Holy Grail and run through a couple of things real quick. Here are just the best players in the field at the RSM Classic. I, I only want to go back to 2019. There was a redesign on, um, I believe it was on the Seaside course, Davis Love. Oh, excuse me, on the Plantation course in 2019. So I, I don't want to go back too, too far here. So here it is. Guys who have played multiple events. I mean, Webb is here in the 80-8400. He's been phenomenal at this event. Our, that, to me, is a dart throw. I would love to see Webb play well. I, I'm not particularly convinced that that's going to happen. Um, Matthew Neesmith, we already talked about. He's he's second, 12 rounds, 1.38. John Hunt, 10 rounds, 1.37. That missed cut was in 2018. And then the last two years, he's gone T12, T12. That's kind of interesting. Zach Johnson's here, uh, 1.36 over 16 rounds. Keith Mitchell, talked about him, 14 rounds. Last three trips have been phenomenal. It was a missed cut um, fourth start ago. Who have we not talked about yet? Robert Streb. So Strebers is is a lot more volatile. It's it's T32 missed cut win missed cut. So that's kind of all over the place. Uh but kind of the usual suspects. Luke List has been pretty good. 14 rounds, 0.87, T4, T53, missed cut, T10. Although his game has not been particularly good, but he does like to club down. Now let me also just do this while we're here. Everybody in the field. Uh, strokes gain putting on Bermuda. Yeah, let's do this and just see what we got here. Ben Taylor, $7,000, 41 rounds, gaining nearly a stroke per round. Um, Taylor Montgomery, very small sample size. Denny McCarthy, much larger sample size, 183. No surprise there. Brendan Todd there. So that, that was the, that was the link to how I was, how I was getting here. Brendan Todd, uh, basically of guys with a large enough sample size, the second best Bermuda grass putter in this field, dating back to 2019, Patton Gazire shows up, Andrew Putnam, Kevin Kisner, Harris English, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, worth looking through those, those names, but that was the, that was the nugget that I wanted to look at it. It got me over to the Holy grail seven K range. So pretty good transition to, uh, Andrew Putnam, $7,900, Alex Smalley, very quietly. And I don't, I don't know how quiet quiet it was under the radar fourth place finish last week right just he he showed up on that strokes gained hard right and memorial park played hard for for tour average goes out and finishes fourth so now that's fourth 11th 52nd 25th in his last four that's pretty interesting i wish he was more accurate off the tee but he's a talented ball striker i i don't mind that at all um, I'm just going to jump down a little bit further to, to, to Justin Lauer here. Th this, to me, is such an interesting situation. Um, he missed the cut last week in Houston and didn't play super well at Mayakoba. Well, let's look at this miscut. How did he do it? He lost 1.7 strokes uh, putting, which is the worst putting performance for him since the Travelers. He's a very, very good putter. So I think we can say... He is likely to gain strokes with the putter this week. Okay. We can we can regress him back to his back to his baseline. And now he goes to a golf course that probably could not set up any better for him. Right. You know, he is uh accurate, but short off the tee. 
And then you get into a situation where he can kind of be this 125 to 175 guy. Like half the shots come from that area, which again, flawed stat, but on a course where a lot of guys club down and play from the same spot, it's a little bit better. So from 125 to 150, he's 10th. From 150 to 175, he's 4th. Um, that was from last year, which was a, a... Was that from last year? Was I looking at last year or this year? Okay, good. I was looking at last year, which was a, a larger a larger sample size. And then before that, I mean, he was on a great stretch of golf. So he has had a historically bad putting performance, which we think is probably unlikely to happen again. Uh, a, a mediocre finish in Mayakoba. Played really well before that and goes to one of the better golf courses for him. That, that, that to me... Is, is hard to look past at only $7,300. Okay, I flipped this around just to sort by by strokes gain total. And 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 Will Gordon is back, right? We've been tracking him for, for quite some time. So he finished 10th here in 2020, which I think that actually started his run for like conditional status. Remember, he like popped up on the scene. Where was that? So 2020... RSM would have been, uh, oh, you know, it was the Travelers that kicked him off. So it was T10 at the RSM Classic. It, this is what I was remembering. He went T21, T20. No, no, sorry. T, T3 at the Travelers. Then that kicked off like his run at conditional status. So I was a little bit, I was a little bit early there. But um, he has a good finish. And, and look at this. He's gaining fairways to the field. He's gaining distance to the field. So you're seeing is just eye popping off the T numbers, which are going to come in handy. The ball striking in general is great. The putter hit or miss, which is what you kind of want. And this this stretch of golf, this dates back to August. This is like 12-ish really good events for Will Gordon in a row. He's gained nine or more strokes four times during that stretch. I I, I just really think he's back and, and, and kind of being overshadowed here by a lot of guys. At the bottom of the range, I find Ben Taylor fascinating. I don't know if I'm excited about it, but I'm I'm interested in figuring it out. So Ben Taylor, $7,000. I believe if we went and looked at the, yeah, the adjusted course fit, he was fit. Okay. So it's Finau, Hoagie, Montgomery, Jason Day, Ben Taylor. And like, who the hell's Ben Taylor? Okay. Finished third in Houston last week, gained across the board, gained six strokes in the ball striking categories, added another seven with the putter. That's not going to happen again, but he's a pretty good putter, right? He gained strokes in Napa, gained strokes in Jackson, lost a little bit in Las Vegas. Then we don't have the breakdown for two cuts that he made in Bermuda and Mayakoba. So that is six PGA Tour starts this year. Uh, five of them, he has made the cut. Two of them are top 25s, and one was a third-place finish in Houston last week. What I think is so interesting is um, this year he's not been very accurate off the tee. He's been he's been bombing it, but he's been kind of spraying it a little bit. He's 160th in driving accuracy. He's 149th in distance from edge of fairway. But if you go back and look at his Corn Fairy stuff from last year, he was a lot more accurate. He was hitting... Well, let's actually just compare this. Yeah, he was hitting 63% of his fairways, which was 46th last year on the Corn Ferry Tour. And now he is um, hitting 54%, 160th. Now, that's uh, fairways hit is, is a... It's a flawed stat, obviously, if you get really wide fairways, really narrow fairways. But I'm under the impression that he might be more accurate than he is... <laughs> leading on this year. Um, and and if so, that makes me less worried about that one part of his game uh, that I think could be concerning around around 
Sea Island. So I do not think Ben Taylor is a safe play by any stretch of the imagination. But what I know is that he has been in the small sample size that we have, a fairly well-rounded golfer with high ball striking and high putting upside coming off of his best finish at a $7,000 price tag, which I think is pretty fair. So, uh, and and the model kind of loves his adjusted, his adjusted fit. And he had a great corn fairy tour season last year. So, um, I just find him to be incredibly interesting if you're looking for you know, because the rest of these names down here, they're they're very known entities, right? It's Danny Willett, it's Kevin Streelman and Francesco and and Mark Hubbard. It's like, you know, and actually I don't think Hubbard's I'm pretty sure Hubbard is withdrawing from this event, right? Didn't he add a new isn't he getting toe surgery today? Uh so we might get we might get a Hubbard official WD, but um I you know these are these are known entities. And I just think if you're willing to try to take a flyer on a bit of an unknown entity, um, Ben Taylor is 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 interesting enough. Okay, 6K, and then we'll run a model here. I hate to say it, but it might be Ryan Armour season, right? What 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 is Ryan Armour known for? Short, accurate. Uh, you can only really get him on the on the shorty courses. But look at this: two two really good starts in a row. T21 in Mayakoba, T27 in Houston. He had another decent finish at the Sanderson Farms earlier this year. That was a T13. And I bet you, let's just pull up his RSM information here. I bet it's pretty good, right? Uh, he's missed his last two cuts, but he had two top 25s before that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's okay. It's it's nothing to write home about, but it's, it's probably better than, than average. And again, this is one of the few opportunities that you get to uh, get access to Ryan Armour. For the second week in a row, it is uh, a fairly ugly $6,000 range. What I've done here is I've changed this to the last 12 rounds just to find some hot golfers and sorted by strokes gain total. And I have to admit, right when I declared uh, Brian Gay, you know, toes up a couple of weeks ago, he's played a hell of a lot better. Okay, so can we do a little bit of a deep dive on Brian Gay? who remember splits time plays a lot on the on the champions tour so he just played in the Charles Schwab Cup championship that's their that's their grand finale right so that's like their 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 tour championship i think it was was it only th- i think it was only 30 golfers but they played four round might have been 35 golfers something like that he finished 10th there but he's played much better so ever since i wrote him off uh, finished T11 in Bermuda, which is a really good course fit for him, obviously. Finished T31 at the Timber Tech. Finished 10th at the Charles Schwab. So he has now gained strokes in whatever field that he is playing in four of his last six. Actually, five of his last seven if you go back to the Sanford International. Again, Champions Tour event. Now, could Brian Gay get himself around the Sea Island courses? Well, uh, he's very short but very accurate off the tee. And he's got... Good history around here. Third in 2017, fourth in 2013, made the cut here last year. I, I'm pretty sure he's one of the best Bermuda putters. Didn't we Didn't we see that? Yeah, I mean, he's just phenomenal on Bermuda. So, um, oh, actually, here, let me show you actually like this. There you go. Bermuda's his best putting surface, and he's already a very good putter. I hate to say it, but if you are kind of desperate in the $6,400 range, Brian Gay's not a bad option in terms of just strokes gain total. He's the fifth best in the six K range over the last 12 rounds. The other option might be Austin cook. Who's 6,800 bucks. So I, okay. So just kind of look at this with me, right? I've got this sorted by the last 12 rounds. So who's playing well, let's find golfers who are, um, incredibly accurate off the tee. So that would be Baddeley, Who's gaining a bit of fairways, 
Austin Cook, who gains a ton of fairways but gives a ton back in distance, that doesn't matter. Um, you know, Ling Murth, accurate but short. Brian Stewart, accurate but short. Then we start looking through those guys and we see, okay, who's playing well right now? Well, Austin Cook, 44th, 27th, 27th. So the last two, Houston and mayakobe he's got T27 finishes. He has missed the cut here in his last two, but remember, he won this event in 2018. So are we in a situation where we've got a guy who's a great course fit, who's playing well, who's $6,800, who can give this thing a little bit of a run? Maybe. Seems like we might be. All right, let's run a model. New model here at rickrungood.com. Custom model. What in the world do we want to do here? Well, we've got to give some love, uh, obviously. Start with start with driving here. Um, let's do 12 on accuracy, 8 on distance. So 20 on driving stats. Um, let's also do, I think I want like real kind of recent stuff. So let's do, let's do last 12 rounds. I'm going to put, um, 15 on strokes gain total. Then what I'll do is I will put a little bit on Bermuda putting 10 on Bermuda putting. We'll do a little comp courses Right, so we'll do course history. We'll put um, ten on the seaside course. We'll put um, five on Wiley, five on Port Royal, and five on Pebble Beach. That leaves us with thirty left. I want to put um, ten on implied win percentage, which is just their odds, which is what I want. And then I want to do, so I've got 20 left. I could do, ah, if I was getting real freaky. So let me just confirm this. I'm pretty sure like half the shots come from 125 to 150. Uh, let me just confirm that that is true. Yeah. Or yeah, once yeah. So these these two buckets here. So it would be ten on one twenty five to one fifty, and ten on one fifty to one seventy five. This is a pretty freaky model for me. We'll sort this by value. Did you see how bad Jason or uh, Tony Finau was in that? Why? Not a very good Bermuda putter. Not very good on on driving accuracy. And kind of just like middling in some of the other stuff. He obviously gets the big, the big strokes gain total run. Well, actually, no, because it's actually not enough. It does. It this actually did not give Finau enough credit for. Oh, and again, it was he's ninth. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it like didn't give him enough credit for um, those other two wins because I I did strokes gain total on on such a a short period. Okay, sorry. I get I I just love this so much. I get I get distracted. I know you're here for the results. So, um, Jason Day, believe it or not, was number one. Brian Harmon, number two. Brendan Todd, number three. Seamus Power, four. Tom Hoagie, five. So yeah, that's that's freaky. But we do have two 10k guys in the top five. A ninety eight hundred dollar player there, ninety four hundred dollar there. So it shouldn't be all that surprising. Denny is six. Wyndham Clark is seven. Will Gordon eight. And salary compared to salary, that's probably the best one. Uh, Tony Finau nine. Matthew Neesmith ten. 
So Finau doesn't get if if I went back further on strokes gain on that strokes gain total one, Finau would probably get a big bump. But as it is, he's not, I mean, still top ten. He's still a great play. Interesting guys. I didn't really talk about Russell Knox was thirteenth. Davis Riley was fourteenth. Joel Damon was sixteenth. That's kind of exciting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll look into this. That's that's a very unique model for me. I don't know if I would actually run with this, but I wanted to kind of throw a bunch of different things in here. I'll save this in case we want to revisit it on the live chat. I'll save it as RSM Classic 2023, and maybe I'll um like there's probably too many ingredients in here, right? But I, I just love using them all, so I'm like <laughs> I want to put as many in as possible. But I probably could have made this uh, a little bit more straightforward. Okay, cool. Well, there you have it. So again, um, this is it. Thursday morning deadline to to get your your Rick Run Good promotion. The only promotion of the year, and likely the last time I ever run this promotion. Uh, I I just think that I'm barreling towards that decision here at a year in the near future. Um, if you go and like that Instagram post, I will give away a, a, a swag box when I get down to, to sea Island and, and pile up some stuff. I'm checking a bag. So I took a big old bag that I can put a lot of stuff in and, and, and bring it back. So no, no worries about that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, great, great year. The year's not over, right? Like there's going to be tigers playing three times in December. There's probably going to be hero world challenge. There might be QBE stuff. Um, uh, who knows? There's going to be, I mean, the European tour, like Victor and Rory are playing on the European tour this week. Like there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff. So stoked for it. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below and I'll talk to you guys soon.